Before we start today's message, we're in part three of a series called Fit 17. So before I do, I just want to say welcome to all those watching my Facebook Live and those listening to our podcast. Thanks for joining and listening. Uh, we hope you are encouraged today. And then for everyone who's in the theater today, thanks for coming, spending an hour with us. We'll be here for another 40 minutes, and then we'll dismiss you to go enjoy the rest of your uh, your Sunday. And uh, it's, it's good. It's good to have you guys. So um, we're in a series called uh, Fit 17, like I said. And really what this idea is, what would, what would 2017 look like? If we intentionally set out to become healthy individuals, and when I'm saying when I'm saying healthy, physical health is important, but we're talking about spiritual health. What would it look like if we were spiritually fit in 2017? Um, the good news is this: a lot of us at this stage, maybe today, we don't feel like we could be fit spiritually. But if we begin to do the right things, we'll eventually get there. That's what we're, what our series is about. And so the series is, is about this: it's, it, being fit spiritually leads to the ability to co- not just cope with life, but to be able to really enjoy life. And so that, that's what we're trying to accomplish in this, this series is um, what would it look like if we were, when we become spiritually healthy, we would begin to not just cope with the things that come our way, the challenges, because we all have them, but we'd be able to really enjoy life when we begin to see the world and see things the way God sees. And that's what being spiritually fit is all about. We do at The Grove, if, if you're new here or maybe you've never really caught on, uh, we do series. And so we take an idea over a few weeks. Um, it would kind of be like if you ever gone to church or you go into a class setting and they have like these five points, you know, like the one talk with five points. Well, we take a, a point every week and we say, here's the point of this. And really it's, a, it's one series with one idea. So today is part three. So if you're just jumping in, you're kind of in the middle of the conversation and it'll be, it'll be helpful. Uh, but if you really want to know more about today, I would go back and listen to part two or part one if you have the chance. You can watch it on Facebook or you can go listen to the podcast and catch up. But we're in part three of this. And so the first week, we'll do some review. The first week, we said this, um, that you, we need to put first things first and second things second. We talk about building our life upon um, um, healthy, a healthy foundation. Um, and so we, we encourage and said, if we're going to be physically healthy and physically, spiritually fit, not physically, spiritually fit, we need to have a couple of disciplines in our life that are, uh, that, that are important. It's prayer and Bible study, or prayer and reading our Bible. So we challenged that first week, build your life on a solid foundation. Um, we said, and then last week, part two, uh, we said this, that there's a big difference between training to do something and trying to do something. Great message, super helpful. Some of the, some of the tools and, and words that I've, uh, terms that I've learned along the way that help me to, to know how to prepare for things that are coming up that are challenging or hard. Um, and they, they apply, and, and this, this principle applies general, over all of our aspects of life. But really, we're trying to hit on the, on the spiritual part of it. But what, the big difference between trying to train to do something and trying to do something. And so we said last week, stop trying and start training. So read your Bible, pray, but then do what you're reading and, and begin to live that out. And you'll see a big difference that begins to happen inside of you. Um, next one, stop trying and start training. That was last week. Um, we said this one. One thing I think resonated last week was this. We said you don't have to, you get to. A lot of times when we're forced to do things in life, uh, we don't really approach those things very good when we have to do something. But when we choose to do something, we reframe things as this is an option. It's a choice. Uh, I get to do this. Uh, it, it's great. So all week I saw a Facebook post. It was awesome. Somebody said, I, I get to do the laundry. And somebody said, I get to wash my toilets. It was like, I get to. Um, when you approach life like that, I promise that the jobs become a little more, uh, not necessarily enjoyable, but easier to do. And, and sometimes they are enjoyable, but we just approach that. So anyways, if you missed that, go, go and, and, and catch up. It was a great message. Uh, when it comes to the Grove, what our heart is this. We try to do a service that people walk out saying, wow, that, it's already over. That was enjoyable. I think I'm going to come back next week. Our heart is to have fun. Our heart is to make it enjoyable because we want you to choose to be here. Don't, don't ever feel like you have to be here choose to be here. A couple ways you can do that when you come is, is come expecting. 
Like every single week, if you came expecting God to speak something to you, I guarantee you'll walk out knowing what he wants you to hear that day. Um, just come expecting. If you would pray for us uh, on a weekly basis, just ask God to help me. Uh, we'll all benefit because God's going to be helping me, but you're going to benefit because you're going to hear better uh, talks and better messages. And so those are two ways that you can choose to be a part of this, is saying, I'm going to be a part. I'm going to expect something good. I'm going to pray for our team, for our leaders, uh, that, that, that God would just help us to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. So today, uh, we're going to go into part three, and, and one of the things that we say a lot here is healthy people do healthy things. Last week, we focused on the do part of this, healthy people do healthy things. Uh, this week, we're going to focus on the second part of that, and that's the healthy things. Uh, what are those healthy things that people do? And we're going to be talking about it. We've already, we've already said th- these two things that we need to do this series is pray and Bible study. Read your Bible. Get those as a part of your routine, and we're going to talk about why it's important. No one drifts into being healthy. Uh, we have this idea sometimes that we think we're just going to wake up and everything is going to be normal, everything is going to be perfect, everything is okay. Uh, people don't drift into being healthy. Uh, if, if you want to become healthy spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, you're not going to just one day wake up and be healthy all of a sudden because nobody drifts into that. Only people who intentionally set out to say, I want to improve this part of my life. I want to be able to make this part healthy. It's, it's, a, it's about a lifestyle. It's about doing the right things that produce health. Uh, so health comes from a conscious choice that we make to do the right things that will produce health in our lives. It's, it's a choice that we make on a daily basis. Uh, so in relationships and parenting, we don't just drift into those good things. You have to intentionally do it. In fact, it's the opposite. In life, if, if there's no outside intervention, everything in life will die. A baby will die without outside intervention because they can't sustain. A plant, if there's no water or sun, will die without intervention. Uh, our lives are the same way. Things will not grow and improve if there's not a conscious choice to be able to, to for us to say we need to do the right things. And so for for week three, we're going to be talking about um, about about this. Nobody drifts into it. You know, I heard I heard a while back that the most expensive real estate, uh, where the where the most um, in 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 our cities, especially in Santa Fe, you know, you would think like okay, Canyon Road's pretty expensive. That's really expensive real estate or downtown somewhere might be the most expensive. Uh, but I heard this. I heard actually the, the place in, in our city that has the, the most expensive real estate is actually the graveyards. Because in the graveyards, there's tons of people that had these dreams and had un, untapped potential that never got to use it. And there it lies under the ground, never used. Um, and they see that's, that's one of the reasons it's the most expensive real estate. Because of, of imagine all the things that n- never got accomplished because somebody didn't step out and do it. For whatever reason, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't step out and, and do it. You know, they did a study with, with older, elderly people, um, and they asked them questions about their life. And they want to know, what, what things do you regret the most? And what they found was that they didn't, people don't regret the things that they did in life. They regret more the things they didn't do in life. Uh, they, they regretted those, those chances they didn't take. Essentially, they were saying, I played it too safe. I missed those opportunities where I could have really tried something. I could have went after that dream, after that goal, after that thing that I really, was really wanting to accomplish. But I didn't. I should have. I should have done something about it. Um, we, we, in this series, what we're trying to say, what would, what would it look like if for 2017 we begin to say, I'm going to start working towards those things that I've always dreamed about having. I'm going to work towards, ha- towards having a healthy relationship with God, with others. What would that look like if we said 2017 will be a year that we begin to become fit? I promise if you did that in 2018, you'd see tons of results. In the middle of 2017, if you do this consistently, you'll begin to see results. So today, part three, we're going to talk about CrossFit. 
Um, and I told you this series is not about, it's not physical. We're, talking, we're trying to take, a, we take physical ideas and say this is how it translates into the spiritual world. Um, but CrossFit, I, I, I think this, um, this type of exercise is pretty interesting. It's pretty energetic. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a mix of aerobic exercise with calisthenics, with Olympic uh, weightlifting, high intensity. Uh, th- there's constant varied routines, so they're always changing it up. Even in the gyms, they say that they use different kinds of uh, equipment from dis- different disciplines. So taking all these different kinds of exercises, pull them together to create this, this training program. Uh, it's interesting. What I love about the Bible is the Bible talked about CrossFit way before uh, CrossFit was cool. Right? And uh, the Bible always answers our, our, our tensions and questions in our life. And, and then we look back, Jesus made this statement about what it, what it looks like to, be, to, to get into a program that we can call CrossFit uh, when it comes to our spiritual, our spiritual walk, when it comes to our spiritual health. And this is what he said. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. In Luke 9, 23, uh, Jesus said this to the crowd. He said, if anyone wants to be my follower, if anyone wants to be my disciple, someone wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. This is Jesus' first invitation for CrossFit for his disciples. He's saying you have to learn to be able to do this on a daily basis. You have to take up your cross daily if you're going to follow me. There's, there's another verse down, that, down a few chapters later in Luke where he says, if somebody won't take up their cross and follow me, they cannot be my disciple. Like he's setting the tone of saying, if you want to be spiritually fit, there's some things you have to do. And one of those things is taking up your cross daily. A disciple is somebody who follows the teacher, follows the rabbi, who wants to become like Jesus. So Jesus' invitation is for people to follow him, to become disciples. You know, disciples are somebody who, who practices certain disciplines in their life. The words are, 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 have share the same root word, discipline, and disciple. Somebody who practices these, these things over and over. Um, in fact, we can say it like this. A discipline is an activity that you can do by direct effort that will help you do what you cannot do by direct effort. So if there's something you want to do but you can't do it today, if, you're, if you begin to practice a discipline in your life, uh, for example, you want to, you want to bench, bench press 100 pounds, right? You, if you can't do that today, well, if you begin to get disciplined and begin to lift a little bit at a time, eventually you'll be able to do that 100 pounds, whatever your goal is. And, and, and a discipline is an activity you do by direct effort that will help you eventually do those things that you want to do. Um, we can say it like this. It's doing what you can do today so that you can do in the future what you can't do today. Doing those things that you want to do, that you dream about doing in the future, well, a discipline is saying, I'm going to do what I can today, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever that is, so that in the future, I can do these things. I can have health in this area. Uh, disciplines, they produce something internal and external. Uh, when, when, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, when you're doing the disciplines God asks you to do, he says you're going to produce things. Um, we talked the first week about how we focus a lot of times on the, on the second things. We look at the exterior, we look at the, the building, and we think, I want that. Like, I want those things. But a lot of times we're not willing to do the first things of building the foundation or doing the hard things that are unseen. Well, that's what discipline is. It's doing those things that, that are going to produce something good in our life. Um, doing something one time or two times is not enough. It won't make a difference in your life. It, it's not going to produce what you want. If you go to the gym just once or twice this year and you really want to get fit, those two times are not going to produce what you really want. Uh, but discipline is doing it over and over until you begin to see the results. And then you continue to do those things so you continue to see good results. So that's a discipline. Well, a spiritual discipline is similar, but a spiritual discipline will be any activity that helps you gain the power to live life as Jesus taught and modeled. So spiritual dip- discipline is helping you have the ability to live the life that Jesus says he wants you to live and wants you to follow, the one he modeled. 
And he's saying, if you do these things on a daily basis, if you take up your cross daily, I'll help you to produce these things in your life. I want you to, I want to live beyond so you don't, you don't have to die with the dreams in you. You don't have to, you don't have to live with shoulds and, and, and could-haves and, and wish you would have, uh, but you actually do it and fulfill it. So if you'll do what you can today, you'll be able to do tomorrow what you can't do today. Um, Last week, we, um, I, I teased that last week's message was Bike for Light promo. Like we, we, we talked about Bike for Light so much that we, we were teasing that, you know, Bike for Light comes every September. And part of my thing is to raise, uh, raise um, people to be a part of our team and, and raise a lot of support. And it was awesome. Last week, we had some people that, that came to me and said, I think I want to be a part. I'm interested in, in riding with you guys and uh, let me know some more information, uh, which, was, which is awesome. Well, one of the things that, that this last year we had a great experience with Bike for Light is we had, um, we had a, on, on the fourth day a young man join us um, from, from a young pastor. He came, he signed up, and he was doing some training. Um, he did training all alone, which is not always a good thing. And uh, when he showed up to ride with the team, we'd already been riding four, three days. This would be our fourth day. Um, he comes, and, and he didn't have the right clothes on. Uh, he wasn't prepared. Um, he really didn't train enough. And so um, he, he shows up in and, and, and his, his, his get-up, and we're like, um, I don't know if this is going to work. And so we began to coach him and train him. And, and essentially what happened is he wanted to accomplish something, but he wasn't ready for it. He wasn't trained for it. Uh, the good thing is our team was able to come around him and help him succeed. Uh, but we have some great stories about what not to do whenever you're riding a 100-mile day um, and what not to wear and what, what, not to, yeah, what to not to expect. He wasn't prepared. Um, part, of, part of spiritual discipline is saying, if I'm going to accomplish something big and great, I have to begin to train last week for this. What does that look like? Paul says it like this. He compares, he compares being a follower of Christ to somebody who's running a race. And in 1 Corinthians, we read this last, last week, but we're going to look at a different aspect of this. Last week was about training. This week is about dis, uh, discipline. So 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, it says, Do you not realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So, so, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So he's saying all athletes are disciplined in their training. So they're doing training, but a disciplined athlete is somebody that does it over and over and over and over. They don't just do it once. They don't do it twice, but they do it over and over because they're training for something greater. And he's comparing our, our spiritual life to this, saying there's a journey that God's calling us on. God's inviting us into this journey with him. Like an athlete, we need to learn to be disciplined in our training so we can accomplish all those things, not just that God has for us, but that God has designed for us that we also even want to accomplish. Um, and he's invited us into that. It, it's, it's disciple, being a disciple and having disciplines, they, they share that same root word. And the idea is this, it's, it's the concept that um, when we apply or surrender ourselves to something or someone, um, then we can see results. It would be similar to an athlete surrendering their, 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 his or her will to their coach. So an athlete, the coach says, hey, go run, run a lap. All right, I'm going to surrender what, you know, I really don't want to run a lap, but I'm trusting you to help me become the person you want me to be, the athlete you want me to become. So I'm going to say yes to this. Okay, more push-ups, I'm going to do more push-ups. I'm going to run some more laps. And we surrender our will to the coach to be able to accomplish what we couldn't accomplish by ourselves because there's somebody else that's on this journey. Well, being a disciple and being disciplined is the same thing. Uh, we're saying, God, I want to surrender my will, my rights to you so that you can produce in something in me that I couldn't produce on my own. And it's a daily invitation of saying, today, uh, you want me to take up the cross. So he goes on to say this. He says, so run with purpose in every step. Learn to run with purpose. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. So he's saying, I'm doing this over and over. I discipline myself. 
in these in these spiritual disciplines, he's saying, I'm doing the right things every single day so that I can produce something greater in me. Uh, without spiritual disciplines, we become weak spiritually. Without, without prayer, without reading our Bible, we become weak spiritually, which means we get discouraged more often. We, we don't see uh, situations the way we should all the time. Uh, like when we see a giant, we see a giant. Uh, where where other people and their their condition spiritually they don't see a giant they see an opportunity to be to be conquered an opportunity to be overcome right and so when we're when we are letting God work in our lives we become healthy spiritually He does more in our lives uh, there are some things that we cannot do by willpower alone we talked about this last week that's why we have to train you have to we have to work up to something uh, but we can't do things by our own willpower in fact uh, in AA Alcoholics Anonymous the 12 steps the first step is realizing that trying tr- just trying really hard to stop is not enough like you cannot stop drinking by willpower alone you must arrange your life around certain disciplines or certain practices and some of those are like taking moral inventory uh, confessing your faults when you have these practices and you're trying to break something especially when it comes to alcohol those those practices that you put in a place um, um, will help you begin to overcome those things because it's not by willpower alone you you acknowledge that you can't do it by yourself you need help um, so it's the same way when it comes to if you're if you're training for life of sobriety or training for spiritual health you have to realize that being being spiritually fit means you're arranging your life around practices habits and disciplines that will enable you to be an overcomer like you want to succeed in life, learn to arrange your life around the same things Jesus arranged his life around. And that's what being a Christ follower means is we're saying, God, I want to follow you. I submit my will to you, whatever you want to get do. Um, I would say the challenge for, for being fit in any area of life, especially spiritually fit, is sometimes we look at what we want to accomplish as this big mountain um, and, and we get stuck. I would say this, don't get stuck. Learn to start today. You know, when, when somebody first approached me and said, hey, you want to ride 500 miles with me to raise money for, for the poor and for the, for the needy and for uh, disaster victims, all that stuff, I said, 500 miles, like that, that's like a mountain. That's huge. I can't even think of it like that. And they said, well, no, really what we do is every day we ride 100 miles, so it's really five days of 100 miles. But then outside of that, we, we take a break every 10 to 15 miles. So we're riding 10, we take a break, eat some food, hang out. Sometimes somebody gets a flat, you have to take a break, you get a rest. And so we began, I began to realize it's not 500 miles, it's just really, it's, it's, 10, it's chunks of 10 miles at a time or, or, or five miles at a time. And when I'm really tired, sometimes it's just one mile at a time. It's like, let's just get through this next mile. And that mountain no longer is a mountain, but it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a whole bunch of different small chunks that build up to this. When we're trying to accomplish things in life, whether it's getting fit, spiritually, um, spiritually healthy or financially healthy, sometimes we see the mountain in front of us and we think, I cannot accomplish that. And we try to accomplish it and we get discouraged because we can't ever climb it or we can't ever overcome it. But if we begin to realize, no, it's starting with what you can today. You're training to overcome that. You're working towards that. You have to look at it differently. Uh, when people, people get stuck because all they see is, is what's in front of them and they think, I can't accomplish that. It's too much. Um, yet this moment's too much. But what if you begin to train now, you be able to overcome that? It's a choice that we have to make. Uh, we, last week we talked about have to. You have to, you have to remove that from your, from your vocabulary saying, I have to do these things. When you have to do things, you don't do really good at them. Well, there's another word that people use a lot that we have to be really careful with is should. The word should. In fact, there's a correlation. I read this, a study this last week that said there's a correlation between how many times a person used should and depression. So the, the more they use the word should, the likely, um, the, the, the greater chance of depression or greater depression they have in their life. People that live with should have, like I should have done that. Man, I really missed that opportunity. I should have taken that course. Man, I should have, you know, whatever. I should not have ever dated that person or I should not have. And, and the more they live in the land of should, 
the, the, the more they're froze and they're stuck and even depressed. Like they can't function. Sometimes the should is, I know I should be doing those things, but, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable doing this. I should be running, but I like my donuts, right? I should be doing these things, but I, yeah. And, and we know all the things we want to accomplish, but until we remove the word should and start inserting action and start inserting doing, um, we'll be stuck. Uh, yeah, donuts are good. I like donuts too. Uh, but donuts are not going to help me live the, the potential of my life. Um, I, yeah, unless there's exercise with that. You know, you exercise, then you get to eat donuts. Hey, bike riding, just, for, just so you know, uh, you burn like 6,000 calories in that 100 miles, right? Which means you can eat as much food as you want that day. It's awesome. Um, you can't even eat as much. Like You can't even keep up with the calories. But anyways, so when you're doing healthy things, um, all those things, will you, you put them in perspective. It, it, it comes along with that. I would say it like this. Um, well, we say it like there's no pain, no gain, right? You have to be able to do things even if they're sometimes hard. But you have to choose those things. It's not I have to do those things. It's I'm going to choose to put my body through pain so I can become healthy. I'm going to choose to give up five minutes so I can read something that's going to benefit me and, and, and help me become stronger. I'm going to do these things. I think we, instead of looking at the mountain, think of it as, okay, what if we broke that mountain down into, into one, one piece at a time? It's a 1% thing. You know, in your day, 1% of your day is 15 minutes. I think every one of us can say, you know, in 50, I, can, I could probably give God 1% of my day. I think that's doable. 15 minutes. All right, so then what would that 15 minutes look like? And maybe 15 minutes is really too much right now to start. Maybe it's just a five-minute thing that you need to start with. But whatever it is, you break it down to a small chunk and you say, I'm going to do today what I haven't been doing for a long time so that I can do tomorrow what I've always dreamed of doing. Like, like how many of you guys want to hear God speak to you like in a, in a very clear way that you have this choice in front of you and all of a sudden you're like, God, what do I do with this choice? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Okay, thank you, God. I hear that. I got it. You guys, you with me? I want that. I'm praying, right? Being spiritually healthy allows you to be able to do that for a few reasons. When you, when you pray, you're, you're allowing conversation with God. When you, read your, when you read the Bible, you're hearing how God thinks and you're hearing what truth is. And so sometimes, as soon as you ask the question, should I do this or this, you already know the answer because this morning I read about that. And that, that way is going to lead to something really horrible. It's obvious what the answer is. And sometimes the answer is like, I really don't know what to do. And God's going to say, just trust me, do this one. But this one looks better. No, this one's going to be better. Being spiritually healthy, you begin to have those things happen. It's a, it's a product of that, of hearing God clear, more clearly. Why? Because you're letting your spirit inside, your man, the spirit man grow up stronger, and your flesh is not so, so great. So 15, 15 minutes. Well, that can be some prayer. It can be some Bible reading. You know, the, When I read the Bible, I get the most out when I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to what is jumping out at me at the moment. So the Bible is the book that reads us, right? So it, we read it, but it really reads us because as we read, we begin to see that there's, there's, there's something in those words and in, in those sentences that are helping us become better people. So I begin reading, same in the Gospel of John, I'm starting to read through and, and, and I begin to read down and I get to this place where I think, wow, that was really great. I'm going to read that again. And then I, on my phone, I can go switch through different versions, which is awesome. Message translation is a paraphrase. You can go hear somebody's idea of that. And you read that verse again and then different version you're like oh that's cool and i'm gonna go read another version and, and within 10 minutes i've already i've read that verse maybe four or five times and i've got something different and i know what to do with it i didn't spend my whole day reading the whole bible but i just read something that was going to help me and in, in that i'm saying god help me to know what to do with this help me to have to do this and when we what the bible says jesus says that out of the heart the mouth speaks and what we find is when we begin to practice these spiritual disciplines of prayer and bible reading 
when we get in situations, all of a sudden we'll say things like, oh, wow, I didn't even know I believed that. Like, that is great. Like, yes, I can overcome that. It's not, that's not too big for me. Out of our heart, the mouth is going to speak. When we put things in us, that's a, it's, a, it's a byproduct of, of praying and reading the Bible. It's, when we put those disciplines in our life, we begin to see results and better things take place because we're practicing a spiritual discipline. One percent. How many of you guys have one percent of your day that you can say, God, I'll give you one percent? Right? What about one percent of your week? You know, one percent of your week would be an hour and 45 minutes. That's probably about the time it took you to leave your house, come to the Grove, sit through our service, drive to the restaurant or back home. One percent. You just gave God one percent of your week. What if you started every week by saying, I'm going to give you one percent of my week? I'm, I'm going to do that. And then I would challenge you to do this. What, what it would it look like if you, okay, you gave God 1%? Now what if you serve 1% somebody else that week? Would you give, it, give an hour? Maybe part of a team? Maybe part of, 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 of tutoring somebody at a school? You no, know, 1% of your week. You know, we think sometimes, like, ah, it's going to take so much time. You know, one, one hour of your week, one hour and 45 minutes, driving, getting there. I think we all could say, I think I could do those things. Man, once a week, I think I could do this. And you'll see that... Um, Church, coming to church is going to inspire you and help you, especially if you're coming expecting to learn something and you're ready for it. One percent of your week will make a huge impact because you're inviting God to lead. You're saying, I'm going to give you this time so you can help me manage my time better. One percent. Um, but if that's all you give to God, I'm going to tell you, you, you the, the week will become difficult. But if you learn to say, all right, I'm going to give you that one percent of my week. God, today I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to give you one percent of my day. I'm going to spend some time praying. I'm going to read a verse in the Bible. You know, the Bible app, it gives you a verse of the day. Sometimes that is just enough to read that and think about it. And then when you find one of those that you really need, write it down on a paper and put it in your car. You can say it over and over. That's, we, we, I think we complicate things too much. Make it simple where it fits in your schedule. It works with what you're trying to do. This is through the series of being fit. Jesus told the story of a wise person that builds, a wise person that builds his life upon something solid and strong and a foolish person who builds life upon sand and the results. In Matthew seven twenty four, it says this, that anyone who listens to my teaching, remember, you have to listen, read the Bible, come in church. Those are all ways that we, we learn what Jesus' teachings are, what God's teachings are. But anyone who listens to my teaching and then follows them, somebody that does it, is like a wise person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though the rains come and the torrents and floodwaters rise, the wind beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock and a solid foundation. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on the sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So this week, let me ask, if you were here last week, were you wise or were you foolish? Because there was something that was specifically asked of you to do. Did you do that? Or did you say, I'm going to put it off. I get it. I get it. I should be training to do something, but uh, I'll, wait for the, I'll wait for one day when I have a lot of time. Well, that would be a foolish person that says, I heard the teaching, but I didn't do anything with it. Jesus said when you hear something, you begin to do something with it. That's a wise person. The wise person that goes to the doctor and the doctor says, if you don't change your activities, your heart is going to fail. It's not going to be able to hold up. A wise person says, I'm going to get on a strict exercise and eating healthier routine, right? A foolish person says, yeah, one day, yeah, one day I'll get a plan together. So Jesus is saying, a wise person builds their life upon a teaching, Jesus' teaching and, 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 and solid foundation. A foolish person just puts it off till tomorrow. Another day. Another day. I'm going to just, I just need some shelter right now, so I'm just going to build this on the sand. It'll be okay. And then when we have difficulties in our life, because they all come, the wise person gets the difficulties, the foolish person gets the difficulties. They will come at some point. And the person that's been training and practicing and having these disciplines 
when those things do come, it doesn't make it necessarily make them easier to get through, but they get through them. The foolish person, their whole life crumbles and collapses. I don't know what, what kind of person you want to be, but I want to be the wise person who chooses to do these things. So when the storm hits, I'm ready to say, we can push through this. We can keep going. We don't have to give up. Last week, we talked about owning it. A big part of, of coming to church, being a, a Christ follower, is, is learning how to internalize these things. Uh, my kids, our, our challenge as parents is to try to help them internalize the ideas that we want them to have. You know, that, that When they go to school, we don't want them not to hit kids just because I say not to hit kids. We want them to get to a place where they understand this is not, really not the best way to handle conflict is just punching somebody. Right? They have to learn that. They have, to, they have to internalize it where it becomes their idea, not my idea. And the way we do this is through consistency. So when, when you consistently exercise, when you consistently read your Bible or pray, you will begin to see results if you're doing it. I would say a disciplined person is somebody who can do the right things at the right time for the right reason. They'll see, begin to see the right results. If you can do the right things at the right time for the right reason, you'll begin to see the right results in your marriage, in your, in your work. If you're doing the right things for the right reasons, you'll see it. That's what a disciplined person is. It's somebody who is going and doing the right things at the right time for the right reason, and they begin to see the results. It's consistency. It's doing it over and over. There's, I mean, there's two parts of consistency. There's a negative one where you keep consistently doing the, the negative things, and it's only going to keep producing what you're producing. Or you could break that and say, I need to insert something that's good that's going to help me. Jesus said it like this. When it comes to discipline, he said in, in his teaching Sermon on the Mount, he says, um, when you pray, so he's making a statement to his followers when you do these things, when you pray, do it this way. Don't do it this way, do it this way. When you fast, when you go without food, when you deny your flesh, your body something that it wants in, in a way to say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to, I want to break the, the stronghold and I want to break the ability for my body to, to always want its way when, I, when you fast and when you give. So he said, when you do these things, these are disciplines. These are practices that God wants us to do. When you do these things, do it these ways. He's inviting us to say, insert these things in your life because they'll produce something in you. When you give of your time, you produce something. When you give of, of, of your finances away to help somebody, help, help, help a church, to help an individual, you're, you're, you're producing something that's outside of you. You're breaking the stronghold of money in your life, materialism, because it's no longer holding you. When you do these things, something happens. And when you pray, God answers. He, he shows up. So for this series, fit 17, would you just try to insert these two things in your life? Prayer and Bible study. Prayer and Bible study. This year, make it a priority that you say every single day, I'm going to, like Jesus said, take up my cross. I'm going to say no to Facebook for 15 minutes. I'm going to say no to whatever it is. Maybe it's food for, for lunch hour. And I'm going to just read, read for this day. I'm going to pray for this day. Whatever it is, prayer and Bible study. On our website, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, where this is the last week of it, we, we encourage people in our church to say, start our year off by denying ourselves some food or some sweets. Just something that you would say in this moment, instead of eating something I want or doing something I want, I'm going to say yes to you, God, and no to this thing. It, it changes the way we see things. That's, that's what prayer and fasting is, is. I would go read resources. If you want to learn more about it, go on our website. There's some great resources that will encourage you to, to, to insert these practices in your life. If you want to break strongholds in your life, this is a great way through fasting. Um, this year, for the 20, on, on every 21st day of the month, our church is teaming up with the 48 other churches around our state to pray for our state. And so we're doing a 24-hour um, a prayer chain, I guess you call it, where um, for, for the whole year, 2017, our state will be prayed for every single hour of the day, which I think is pretty awesome. So our church says we want to be part of this. We want to pray for our state, for our city. 
Um, and so we're, we're recruiting people within our church uh, to, to pick an hour. So from 11 to 12 or 10 to uh, 12 to 1. Uh, at every hour, we'd have somebody praying for, for, for eight things that we're agreeing together as, as, as these, these almost 50 churches uh, to say, God, would you help us as a, as a state? You know, um, when it comes to poverty, when it comes to abuse, uh, when it comes to the different things that our state struggles with. We're, New Mexico is, um, we're the highest on the worst of the, of the lists, like with education, with, uh, with abuse, all these things that come. We're, we're really, we need change. We need transformation in our state. So churches are saying we're tired of just staying on the end on the bottom of the list. Let's let's ask God to help us to begin to improve. And so for 24 hours, our church will be covering our state. And then there's eight things we're praying with other churches, and there'll be some things that we're praying just for our church. Saying God help the Grove to accomplish these things. So prayer. Maybe this is something you'd say I can do that. I can I can give an hour of my week, my month. Right? That's even less than one percent of your month. I can give an hour of my month to be able to cover an hour of prayer. Uh, that's, if you're interested in that, let me know. I'll sign you up. We have some more slots open, and uh, that's coming up on Saturday. We'll be covering that, so let me know about that. So do today so that tomorrow you can do what you've always dreamed of doing. Do today. Don't, not tomorrow, because if you wait till tomorrow, you probably won't do it. Do today what you can do so that you can do tomorrow what you've always dreamed of. When, when it comes to being spiritually fit, that's, the, that's the, what we're hitting at. But this applies to all areas of your life. When it comes to relationships, you know, if you've dreamt of a really good marriage, start doing today what you know is going to get there. Don't wait till tomorrow. Maybe you've been in a date night for a while. Go do a date night. You know, say no to something so you can say yes to that thing. Whatever it is in, in finances, just begin to do today what you can do so that tomorrow you can do something else. If you want to join us from the 500 mile, you have to eventually get on a bike and start riding a little bit so eventually you can ride longer. It's doing today what you can't do tomorrow, but one day you'll be able to accomplish it. In fact, the Bible, the most important day the Bible talks about all the time is today. Whenever the Bible talks to us about making decisions, it's always today. In fact, one verse says, um, if you hear my voice today, don't harden your heart. And this is God speaking. If you hear my voice today, don't harden your heart, but listen and follow through. Do something with it today. Don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. You have to do something with it today. This is the most important moment. Uh, another verse says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you train. Today is the day that you do these things so that one day you can accomplish those things. Uh, in Luke nine twenty three, the verse I read about taking up your cross, let me read it in the Amplified Version. You can track with me here. It says this, uh, Luke nine twenty three, And he was saying to all of them, If anyone wishes to follow me, as to be his disciple, he must deny himself. All right, Set aside your selfish interests. Take up his cross daily, or her cross daily, expressing that this willingness to endure whatever may come. Like you're saying, all right, I'm, I'm going to deny this. And follow me. That's believing in Jesus. That's conforming to his example and living. And if, in some cases, they've been suffering and perhaps dying because of the faith in him. And so that's what he's saying. If, if anyone's going to follow me, wishes to follow me, you must, you must give up your own ways. Take up your cross and follow me. See, the cross is a symbol of death. It's us saying we're dying to something that we really want to be able to live something greater. He's saying, if you're going to follow me, you have to learn to take up your cross. And if you will do this every single day, it'll produce more life in you than you ever thought possible. And he's inviting us to say that. And he says, and if, if you don't do these things, you can't be my disciple. We have to learn to be able to do this. So as a church, we're trying to help people say, would, would you choose today to follow him? It means saying no to things that he says no to. And saying yes to things he says yes to so that he can produce something in you. 
So today for Fit 17, for week three, this is our challenge. This week, and starting today, would you take up your cross? Would you take up your cross starting today? And then tomorrow, when you wake up, at some point in your day, would you be willing to say, all right, I'm going to trust you, coach. I'm going to trust you, God, to help me to build up something in me that I can't do on my own. I surrender my will. I surrender what, what I want so that you can do what you want to do. I, I choose to build my life on a solid foundation of your teaching. Help me to do that. And two ways we can do that is reading our Bible and praying. And then doing what it says. And then doing it again and again and again. And then in 2017, if you do these things, just imagine what that would look like. Imagine what it would look like. So every, every single day you, you spend some time reading something from God's Word. And you take some moment to pray. And you don't complicate it. You know, you, you read the scripture. You observe what it's saying. You ask, what does this mean to me? And then you pray and say, God, help me to do this. Like, this is not always easy. Help me to do this. And then you just trust him to lead the way. And then there's other disciplines that eventually he'll say, no, you need to do this. You need to try this. You need to step out in faith and do this. Some of you are here today, and maybe you're new to church, haven't been here for a while. Um, our heart, like I said, you're in the middle of a conversation. So I would encourage you to go, go listen to the other messages, too, if you can help catch you up. But our heart is, is to connect people to God, to connect people to become healthy in all, all walks of their life, but especially when it comes to their relationship with God, that they would, they would take that step to say, God, I want, I, want to, I want to have a healthy relationship with you. See, Jesus, when he says, if, if anyone follows me, take, he needs to take up his cross, his teaching doesn't stop there. In fact, the next verse says this. He says, for whoever wishes to save his life, talking about saving our life in this world, you have the next slide for me? Um, if anyone wishes to save his life, he will eventually lose it through death. Like one day you're going to die, and if you try to save it and you only live for this, eventually you'll die and you'll lose that. But whoever chooses to lose his life for his sake, for Jesus' sake, he is the one who will save it from separation from God, from the consequences of sin. And he says it like, he says this phrase is really powerful. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, all the wealth, all the fame, all the success. What does it profit somebody to gain everything in the world and lose his soul? To forfeit, to lose himself or herself. What does it gain? You gain everything in the world, but you lose it all. You lose your soul. Most important part. And our job is, my job as a pastor of the church is saying, hey, don't miss it. Success and wealth, he's not saying those things are bad. Those are, those are fine. But when you gain all that, for the sake of, and you, and you, at the expense of your soul, at the expense of your family, at, ex, at the expense of relationships, you're missing it. He's inviting us and said, if you want to save your, save your life, you have to learn to deny yourself. You have to learn to die to those things so you can say yes and live in God. That's what taking up your cross daily means. Today, I'm going to say no to cussing out this person because that's not the right thing to do. I'm going to say no to these things so I can say yes to what God has for me. Today, even though I really don't want to do it, I'm going to do these things so it will produce health in my life. And Jesus invites us to says, would you follow my lead? I want to produce something in you. So my question for you today is this. Is Christ leading? Is he your coach? Is he your boss? If he's not, then you're not a Christian. You're not a Christ follower because that's what the definition of a disciple is. Somebody that's following, somebody that's letting him lead. You can come to church every single week. But until you surrender and submit your will to him, you're really not following. You're walking in circles. You're doing something. You're not, you're not on the journey with him. Is, is Christ leading? Have you put to death your own plans and said, I want 
what you want in my life? Have you committed your life to him? That's what being a Christ follower is. And then for me, especially, it's a daily base of saying, all right, today I need to do that again. God, I want to follow your lead. I need to say no to these things so I can say yes to what you have for me. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? If you're here today and ask the question, is Christ leading? Is he your coach? Is he your boss? Is he God in your life? If you're not following his lead, then the answer is very simple. It's very easy. He's not. I would encourage you and challenge you to change that today. Don't live another day trying to do life by yourself because I promise you it doesn't work. In the short run, you might get some good stuff, but in the long run, our ways never work. But God's ways always do. There's a reason we have the Bible thousands of years later and this has lasted and why people trust it because it's true. It's truth. So today, if you're here, and I know you're here because I've prayed for you all week, and you're, you're not following God, you're struggling through life, you would say, I'm not, I'm not healthy spiritually. Maybe other areas I'm not very healthy either. Well, if you take care of this one first, and you begin to seek God for those other areas, he'll help you. If you'll do something with it. So if you're here today and you would, you would like to, to change that in your life, you'd like to say today, I want to follow Christ. I want to follow God's ways for my life. I want better. Would you do me a favor? Would you just let me know you're here by lifting your hand? I won't call you down to the front. Just lead you in a prayer there. I see your hands. Awesome. This is taking up your cross daily. Today you're taking it up by saying, I can't do this on my own. I can't do it in my own willpower. God, I need your help. Anybody else? see a lot of hands going up. Awesome. For all you you that raised your hand, um, I'll just lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer that's just saying, God, I, I I invite you to lead. Forgive me. It all says that if we confess our sins, that God, is, he forgives us. He gives us a new start in life. And then I would say from here on, begin to say, God, lead me. Be my coach. Be my God. Be the one that leads me. Be my, my teacher. So if you raise your hand, would you pray with this prayer with me? I'll lead you in it. Uh, if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you join us praying with them so they're not praying alone? Say this today if you, if you raise that hand, if you want to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, today... I need your help. I want to follow your lead. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Forgive me of my sin and my poor choices. Give me wisdom to make better choices. Give me strength to do those things. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today. I invite you into my life. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.